You must have thought I forgot. <laughs> okay. Let's go. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the Lord, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the Lord. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Uh, Kathy, please give me First um, Samuel, Samuel chapter 16. I titled this message, Killing Your Goliath. Everyone has a Goliath sometime or another that you're dealing with. A real serious issue. And you're trying to get your hands around it. It could be financial. Sometimes it's a matter of life and death. It could be in your relationship. It can be in whatever area, but you're looking at a giant and it's so big. It seems there's no way out of this. This is going to destroy me. This is going to destroy my marriage. This is going to destroy my children. This is going to destroy my life. This is going to destroy everything. This is going to cost me shame. This is going to cost me so much pain. It's over. I don't know what to do. It's a giant. But the Bible tells us how we can face that giant and bring that giant down. Because literally in the scriptures, David, the one we're going to be talking about tonight a lot, he brought Goliath down in the name of the Lord. Amen? In the name of the Lord. And you can bring that Goliath down in your life that's causing you so much pain and anxiety, you can bring that Goliath down, not by your own power, but by the name of the Lord. You can bring it down, and it will come down, and it will be eliminated from your life, and it will never come back again, because God has put it away in His name. Amen? So we're going to be talking a lot tonight about David. You know, I had my mind set as to what I was going to do, but as I was standing here, I started thinking certain things. We need to go into this, the introduction. I know all of you know the story of David and Goliath. Who is, who is here that don't know that, that story? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> we all know that story. But I want to talk about David himself. Initially, there were certain things in Scripture that will bother you. And you're wondering, what's really going on here? Because in first, I mean, first Samuel chapter 16, God was very clear. I don't probably, I won't go reading. But God was very clear to Samuel, the greatest prophet in, a, in that time, in that generation. Samuel was mourning for Saul, who had disobeyed God. And God had rejected Saul from being king of Israel. But Samuel was the one that anointed him. And that's hard. You're the greatest prophet. You've anointed somebody to be king and he's totally failed. And God didn't warn you he was going to fail. That was a troubling thing for Samuel. But he had to give Saul the verdict. God rejected you. 
But he wasn't happy about telling Saul why that particular message. He had to do it. But it was painful to him. He was the prophet in the land. He had no idea what would come up of, of, you know, what was coming in the future. All he knew, the one anointed, the one that brought the whole Israel together for, and screamed at them and told them, this is the king. Now God has rejected him, and God's not telling him much about what the future will held. And so Samuel was pained, and Samuel kept praying for Saul. Amen. No matter... This is a powerful lesson. When you see somebody in trouble, even if you don't like them, they say love. <laughs> because of the way that they're doing this stuff, pray for them. That's godliness. Amen? Even if they wronged you, disappointed you, shamed you, still pray for them. Pray for them. That's so important. Still pray for them. It was an amazing thing. Uh, Samuel kept praying day after day uh, for Saul. I didn't know what he wanted. God has already told him, I've rejected him. But God had to stop him. Now look, uh, Samuel stopped praying for King Saul. He'll live his life through, but I've got another king for you to anoint. And God was very clear, if you read in First Samuel chapter 16, He said, now go to Bethlehem. I have provided myself a son from the family of Jesse. I want you to fill your own with oil and you anoint that boy for me as the new king. Wonderful. Now, in the time, if Samuel showed up in your town, unless he's smiling, everyone is wondering, well, it's over for us. Because Samuel's word, didn't, God will not allow it to fall to the ground. And Samuel, he wasn't going everywhere. <laughs> I mean, he shows up, something is happening. And when they saw him in Bethlehem, who oh, was is it peace? Are we, okay? Are we okay? We're going to die now? Are you going to pronounce something? They were worried about it. He says, oh yeah, I came with peace. I just need to sacrifice. And they went to the place of sacrifice. And God had told him, I want you to invite the household of Jesse to this sacrifice. That's where my question is. So, Jesse knew Samuel wanted all of his sons there. Hello? He knew that. However, he left the youngest in the field. Why? Why? Notice he never told Samuel. He acted as if all I've got is this seven boys? Samuel had to ask him, don't you have another? Is that all of your kids? Before he owned up, oh, uh, I forgot. Hello? I forgot. The youngest is in the field. In an important occasion like this, 
What father, I mean, I'm not indicting Jesse. Think about it. What father will leave his son out of it? Have you thought about that? That's kind of painful, right? Why for the greatest prophet in the land to show up asking for your sons and you left one of them out? Why? I want you to go research that yourself, okay? I'm not, I don't have an answer. I'm still searching. But you were waiting to get an answer. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. I'm still searching. But these are the kind of questions you want to know. What's going on here? What's going on here? Did they think this was an insignificant kid? Another thing. We really need to meditate on the Word of God so God can minister to us. Amen? Just reading is not enough. That's why the Bible tells us in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. That's how you get to understand. Meditate is you're chewing it and thinking about it. What's really going on here? God, what's this? How come? And the Holy Spirit... It's this dynamic power that God's given to us. And it's a voice that He can speak to you. He'll begin to reveal things to you. When you ask questions. Notice the disciples, whenever they didn't understand anything, they asked. They didn't ask Him, they didn't ask him in the public. They asked Him when they were in private. What's going on? Why did you say this? What did you mean by that? There was never one time that Jesus didn't explain to them. We're not curious enough. Because when we ask, we get to know. And I'm asking, why this with David and Jesse, okay? But would you, did you, have you ever thought his brothers heard that he had to deal with a lion? Huh? I mean, if your youngest brother tells you, I had to fight with a lion last night. You say, you did what? Well, I killed a lion last night. What, what, what were you doing with a lion? You send him back out again alone to deal with a bear? Who would do that? Who would do that? They knew he was out there by himself in the field with the sheep. Most likely he would have to deal with these wild animals. But they left him up out there in the, shield, in the field. But I think God does his things in a way that is so unique. You know, God could have sent Samuel. He wouldn't be in the place of sacrifice. Hello? You'll find that kid in the field alone. And you can pour the oil on him right there in the field alone where he is by himself. But guess what would happen if God did it that way? His brothers will not believe him. No one will believe. God wanted all the brothers and his father to be right there. When this happened. It's a good thing 
no matter where God allows you to be, whether it's a place where you can complain. Notice something about David. He never complained. You can read in the scriptures. He has certain things to say. I can't bring that out tonight. About his family, his brothers. He says, I was a stranger among my brothers. Go search yourself, okay? But he never complained. Just like Joseph never complained. And in the field, God was training him. While alone, God was training him. He had to entertain himself, so he played his harp. Your gift will make a way for you. Amen? Your gift will make a way for you. He was in the field, fellowshipping with sheep, because he was alone. But King Saul had a problem. And he needed David's talent and gifts. And God took him from the field, right from the field, all the way to the palace. Hello? That's the way of the Lord. When people think you insignificant, and God has placed something unique in you, your gift will make a way for you. No matter where you are, if God has given you a gift, a dream, something in your heart, you know it is there. No one can see it, but you know it's there. God, that gift will make a way for you. God's working. He placed it in you. He won't disappoint you. God will do that for you. So don't give up. Don't feel sorry for yourself. God will take care of it. But God brought him out from that place and got him to the palace. Now, back to the real message. Killing Goliath. Let me let you know, you don't have to pray for Goliath to come to your life. It will come. He will come, okay? You don't have to pray for trouble. It's coming. Some of it is so difficult. You wonder, how am I going to ever get around this? This is too huge for us. Now, you know about King Saul? They had to go to battle with the Philistines. That's the way things were in their time. And this was actually uh, a battle that they had, the children of Israel, with the Philistines. And one, one group was on one hill, and another group was on the other hill in the valley called the Valley of Elah was right there, and they were about to fight. And that's the way things were done. But in this situation, there was a giant among the Philistines called Goliath. And he didn't want to fight the way everybody fought. He wanted this fight in a different way. Usually, they all come at each other. You've seen them in the movies. And, you know, they're killing and cutting and swinging their spear and shooting arrows. And that's the way they fought. But this time, Goliath didn't want it that way. He was nine feet tall. Over nine feet tall. Uh, 
he'll really make a, a basketball good center. Just put the ball in every time. He was nine feet tall. Huge guy. He had his uh, hammery on himself that they said, that the theologians tell us, weighs about, weighed about over 125 pounds. The head of his spear was bigger than a man's head. That's how big this guy was. And I'm sure he had a real loud, thundering voice. I'm sure he was walking towards them and the, the uh, Israelite army. Who's that? As he was coming to them. Who's that? He's so big. And with his voice he told them, and I'm going to read the scripture here. First Samuel chapter 17, verse 8 through 11. Then the Philistines stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? This is stupid. Why did you come out to fight? Am I not a Philistine? And, and are you not the servants of Saul? That's their king. Choose a man for yourself and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. In other words, you're going to become our slaves. And the Philistines said, I defy, in other words, I'm, I'm coming at you, confronting the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. The Goliath in your life right now is speaking to you. That's true. Not a man, but maybe a problem. But your problem is telling you what's going to happen. And you don't see any way out. And it's challenging you. And you're looking, I can't do anything about it. They were afraid and very dismayed. Don't let your problem define the outcome. Hello? Don't let your problem determine what's going to happen. Because that's what your problem is telling you. He's telling you this is exactly how it's going to end. If you don't want deal with me, you got no choice, you have no help, deal with me. And I'm telling you, you're going to be slave to me all the rest of your life because this is so big. I'm going to put you away. That's what it is. But that's what happened to the children of Israel. Goliath was det- uh, determining what, how to fight and how, uh, what, what the outcome would be. He knew no one could take him on. So they were f- it was finished. Don't let your enemy determine how the fight ends. 
by what he says. You must fight. Amen? That's number one. Don't allow your problems to speak to you so much that you can't sleep. (laughs) Take the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen? Number two. If you are going to defeat Goliath in your life, I've often said this here in our, in, our, in our congregation. The scripture tells us in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to what? His purpose. You think God didn't know that Goliath existed? You see, the children of Israel, they thought of Goliath as their real problem. It was over. But David saw Goliath as an opportunity. Now I'll tell you why. So, if all things work together for good, according to God's purpose for your life, Even that problem will work for your good. That problem is an opportunity out of future troubles. If you understand it that way, you will not stay dismayed by the problem. Because God is able to take you, his child, over that problem. No matter what it is. No matter what it is. If you stay with God, when you come out on the other side, you will be much bigger than the problem and that problem will never confront you again because that problem will be dead. Let's read this scripture here. This is an amazing thing. In, in the same book, First uh, Samuel chapter 17, beginning from verse 23, it says, Then as he talked with them, in other words, let me put, let me put it in context here. David brothers were in the valley of Elah with the Philistines because they were part of the army of, of, the, of Israel and there was no fighting going on. It's strange, the Bible says the brothers were fighting with the Philistines but if you went to the war front there was no fighting going on. All you heard was this one guy threatening everybody day after day. I'm sure the, 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 the armies of Israel the men were not eating very well. We're going to die. Every single day, there was no fighting. And, and, and uh, Jesse thought, hey, David, uh, leave the sheep today and, and go on, and get some cheese for your brothers to eat. Go to the battle farm and deliver it to their commander so they can give your brothers. I like what David, please read that, those scriptures. I like what David did. And sometimes I see things that are amazing to me. We are so quick. We are not good with details. You have to cover up everything. David, before he left, his father didn't tell him, take cheese to your brother. And David went. He made sure he had people to be with the sheep and to take care of them. Well, God told me to do this, so I'm just going to run. But you still got responsibilities. 
you got responsibilities. When God tells you something to do, you just don't go into without, you know, attention to detail. It's so it's so crucial. We have to do this. This for the one whose heart is after God, this part of your life. But David made sure that, that everything was taken care of and then he went to be with his brothers. And that's what we're reading here, where as he was talking with them, there was the champion. All of a sudden, this guy showed up. Huge fellow. I'm sure David, now you have to remember, this guy is nine, nine feet tall. The tallest Jew will be about five, five something. <laughs> so where they're looking like, wow, that's a tall man and probably really big. There's no fighting this guy. And he says, fight with me, wrestle with me. He says, then as he talked with them, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke according to the same words, what he told them before. So David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. Now... Think about what's going on. Yeah, David comes around and he's talking to his brothers and all of a sudden, everybody's running, right? Guess what you do? You run. Because <laughs> you don't know what's going on. He ran with them, I'm sure. He said, what's going on? And then he hears this thunderous voice. Wow. He found out what they were scared of. This is serious. He heard what the man was saying. And then it says in verse 35, And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. That's to confront Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches will give his daughter, will give him his daughter, and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Those words sounded so good to David. Hello? The giant was his opportunity. Amen? So see your problem. If all things work together for good, your problem, if God allows it, it is an opportunity for something better. The children of Israel saw a serious problem. And they were afraid. But David, as soon as he heard what was going on, this was his opportunity to leave the field and be in the palace. They said to him, listen, if, and David started asking questions. I would go for, away from this. He said, uh, what's the king going to do for the guy? He wasn't afraid of the man. That was his opportunity. He was going to kill him. Like I've often said here, the people were saying, this guy is so big, there's no way to fight with him. David was thinking, he's so big, I can't miss. I'll kill him. But David kept asking. Let's read this. 
Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and take away the reproach from Israel? This, this got into him. He wasn't concerned about this man. He wanted to be sure what they were saying was the truth. This was my opportunity. I'm going to kill this guy. And guess what? I'll get two, three great things happen to me. I'm going to be the king's son-in-law. Amen. I'll live in the palace right now. This is good news. Just to kill this man, this problem. You see, when God allows you to be tempted, when you can stand your ground and you go over that temptation and you are victorious, God rewards you. He gives you a reward. You can see that in, the, in Revelation. If you are victorious and you are an overcomer, God rewards you. So God was going to reward him. According, according to the scripture, the king will. First of all, you know, he got three things. I guess I didn't do this, right? <laughs> he got three things here. First of all, God will enrich this man. So he's going to be very rich when this, is what, this was over. If he could kill the giant. Secondly, the king will give him his daughter. The third part was really good. Your family will be free from paying taxes. That would be nice in the United States. I mean, for the rest of your life, you don't, your family don't have to pay taxes. David said, are you sure this is right? Just by killing this giant, I can have this. And so he kept asking people, guess who gets to be blessed if he did it? His brothers, right? His brothers, his father's house. Nobody will pay taxes. That was a blessing. But there is a lesson to learn. Just because you are fighting for them doesn't mean they'll like you. Okay? You still have to fight. That's number three. Number two, see your giant as an opportunity. Based on the word of God. Because God has already told us, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. God has told us in Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10. He says, I will help you. Don't be dismayed by your problem. Don't be fearful. I am with you, he says. The first thing he says, I will strengthen you. In other words, I will make you strong so you can hold up under the pressure of the giant that you're facing. Even before the fight is over. I will strengthen you, he says. I will help you. He says, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I will hold you up. That's the way God does his thing. So see the giant as an opportunity because God's going to help you then. The third thing that says, everyone will not be on your side. But don't let that bother you. Don't let that bother you. Even those that you are trying to help in a situation in your life, maybe a family situation, they may not take to what you're doing. But still stay the course. Amen? Still do what's right. 
Don't let it bother you. Because God's in it. They'll benefit later from what God's doing in your life. But don't, don't let that bother you. I can think of my own life. When I first gave myself to, uh, gave my life to Christ, my family didn't like it. They didn't like it. It was a serious persecution. It got so serious, I had to move from that home to go out to rent my own place and pay for my own bills. But I do remember my younger brother telling me, I'm glad you didn't buckle under the pressure of the persecution. You stayed with Christ. And then they tell me, now look, we saw some of them come to church here and they're happy. They all go to church now. Amen? Most of them all go. But that very early days were, those days were bitter because they were saying all kinds of crazy stuff and you got to hear it. And that's what David had to deal with. Now look at, in First Samuel chapter 17, verse 28 and 29. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I saw the time. <laughs> it says, Now Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the man. And Eliab, that's the oldest one, the one that his father brought first. His anger arose against David. And look at what he said. Why did you come down here? <laughs> Answer, I came to bring you food. But that's not the issue here. And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? Your job is to keep sheep. Let's, we'll put you in your place. Even though we know you've been anointed, you're still not king yet. Okay, brother? You still belong with the sheep. Then he says, I know your pride. These are not nice words, right? I know your pride. Knocking you down. Making it even more difficult. As you're trying to get, you know, some more courage to face this giant. Here you think everybody will be on your side. No! I know your pride and insolence. The insolence of your heart. For you have come down to see the battle. But David said, what have I done now? You're always on my case. Have I done anything wrong here? Is there not a cause here? Look at it. You get your eyes on the prize. Amen? Get your eyes on the prize. Yes, it's a giant, but it's your prize. Amen? So see your problem as your prize. With God on your side. And the Bible says, if God be for us, who can be against us? I think I will end because my time is... I have so much to share here. Number four, your testimony is the most powerful thing that you have. Your testimony. Now, as soon as Saul heard... That somebody among the Israelites, not one of the soldiers, right? He knew David. So he heard, there's a, there's a man here that's saying he'll kill the giant. And Saul says, bring him to me. I guess they've met before, right? And I'm sure Saul was thinking, man, that must be a, a tough soldier coming, and I'm going to send him in. And here comes the little guy he knew, David. And he said, oh, no. 
is David. And Saul started testifying for the enemy. I see that among Christians a lot. You're fighting with dealing with a problem, and instead of encouraging you, guess what they do? They tell you how bad the situation is and how you may never overcome this problem. And they want you to see everything in the natural. Don't buy into it. Amen? Stay with the testimony of God in your life. I'll read you here. It says in, in verse uh, 32, David said to Saul, when they brought Saul of David to him, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine. Can you hear that? You're not able to do it. Against this Philistine to fight with him. For you are a youth. And he is a man of war from his youth. Well, why don't you give David a chance? He started being a man of war from his youth. Well, let this guy be a man of war from his youth. He is a man of war from his youth. So Saul was testifying on the side of the Philistine, telling him, you just cannot do this. But notice what David said to him. David said to him, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. That's in the past. You know me. I used to do that. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of, his, out of uh, the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from his mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. I'm sure the guy saying, really? You, young, you did this? A lion, I will be running for my life. And you did that, you young man. He said, I took it by the beard. Amen. That's the lion. I'm sure even Goliath will consider fighting when he sees the lion coming at him. He'll, but look at his testimony. God trained me. That's what he's saying. Do you have a testimony in your life? Did, has God ever done something in the past for you? When the enemy is coming at you with the Goliath in your life, remind him what God has done for you in the past. Can I hear an amen? Remind him. It's your testimony. Saul was convinced. After David told him about the lion and the bear, Saul was convinced. He said, okay, you can, you can do this. You can do this. And then he proceeded to help David. Number five, and I'll quit. <laughs> Be yourself. Be yourself. Saul gave him his armor, and David put it on. Saul thought he was helping. He took one, two. I can't go with this. 
you will not kill the giant in your life being somebody else. Be yourself. Be yourself. Make up your mind, I'm going to fight with God on my side, but I'm going to be myself. You and God alone. You need nothing else. Add nothing to it. Just you and your God alone. With the testimony of God in your mouth. Remember the scripture? They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. I've gone too long tonight uh, to finish this next week. I have a lot that I want to share. Amen. Stand up with me tonight. God deals with every one of us and we all I guess Job tells us a man that's born of woman is but it's a few days and those days are full of trouble but I was reading in Psalms today it says God many are the afflictions of the righteous but the Lord delivers him from every one of them. Every one of them. Every one of them. So no matter what you're going through, God is able to deliver. You can whip that giant in your life. It's not too big. You got to start somewhere. Amen? You got to start somewhere. The first place is make up your mind. I am going to fight. I'm not running away. I'm not running away from it. I'm going to confront that giant. And with God on my side, I'll bring that giant down. Amen? Let's lift our hands up to the Lord tonight. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let God know what that giant is. And in your heart, let Him know that you believe that with God on your side is going to be well no matter what is going to be well God has kept you up till this day the end has not come what the enemies the imagination Satan is giving to you in your head will never see the light of day God will cut that Goliath down in your life and every dream that the enemy has in his heart to enslave you will never see the light of day. Why? Because we are the children of the living God. And God is the Lord of hosts. We are part of the army of the living God. And God is on our side. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, because we are able to go and take this country and destroy the giants in the land, the giants that are coming against our lives. We are able to bring them down by the power of the name of the Lord, who is on our side. We thank you, God, because there is a change coming. 
There is a new thing coming because you make all things new. And Lord, this situation in our lives, Lord, is being removed from us so that the new things that you have planned for us will come to us. Father, we thank you. We serve a living and a risen Christ. You are God Almighty. We cannot be afraid of the enemy because God is with us. And because God is with us, we know we are able to bring down these giants in whatever form it shows itself. Thank you, Father, for your love for us. We give you praise tonight. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God